Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to The Focus. Everybody's healthy. Back <laughs> for the in most studio. part. <laughs> Present and accounted for. Yeah, nah. Last show was rough, but we got through it. Um, before we get started, you know, we're going to touch on local coverage real quick, and then we're going to get right to the show with our guests and a lot more. Uh, I'm going to start things off uh, Saturday. Had the chance to go down to St. Mary's County. Um, St. Mary's College, actually. They hosted number three, Christopher Newport University. Um, for those of you that don't know, they're ranked third in the country in the Division Three. Um, they, they're smacking people. It's, it's, they're well coached, great, great program. Um, they beat the Seahawks 88-61. Um, it was it wasn't even that close. <laughs> I mean, you know, St. Mary's kind of put up a fight in the first half. They got it down, you know, to six, you know, 26-20. But um, behind their post player Tim Daly, who's, who, who uh, posted 28 points and 11 rebounds and three assists, they just dominated them. They pounded it inside religiously. They swarmed them on defense. They played a complete game, and the Seahawks really couldn't recover. Uh, basically, the you know they jumped out to 11-0 run. St. Mary's rally, like I said, to make it six, but then they went on a 22-2 to run to take a 48-22 halftime lead, and it was over after that. Guard Matt Ayo led St. Mary's with 18 points in the loss. Wow, that, that that quick, okay. So I was busy on Instagram at the moment. <laughs> Gotta put my phone back down because Cardell's already done. Um, for my portion of local coverage this week, before we get to talking to our guest Robin, we're so happy to have you here. I'm okay. happy to be here. You know, <clears throat> since it's your first time here after the whole rebranding you know, <laughs> type thing, you know. So uh, welcome to the focus. Appreciate and, it. As he already uh, let everybody know, we happy to be back too. Uh, for local coverage, is is more Maryland women. Um, they had two road games last week. They took care of business in both games. Um, you know, they, they're still continuing to build. I know I've been saying this every week. They're not a finished product yet. But at the same time, they've only had that loss to UConn. Um, and the good thing with some of these road games, they're getting a little bit, they're getting tested a little bit. Um, Destiny hit another 30-footer. And then Shatori hit like a 60 or 70-footer at the end of the third quarter of the game on Sunday. Um, to end the third quarter, so they like long shots. Apparently, <laughs> um, that that's what's going on in the water there. But uh, our guy Jarrell Leeper went to College Park last week, caught up with Shatori Walker Kimbrough. They had a great conversation, so we're gonna let you guys check that interview out right now in its entirety. And then we're gonna go to a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk hoops to the guy with Kentucky on his shirt. There's a purpose <laughs> for him being here. And uh, Rob, Rob's off that Marshall Lynch. We know why he's here when he shows up. If he walks anywhere around us, the Kentucky is fully repped. It's so big being said, we want to jump into this interview, take a quick break, and we'll rejoin you on the other side. You're watching The Focus. When I saw the game, like it was kind of close in the beginning, in the third quarter, you start to pull away. Tell me about that. Yeah, our bench was was key. Um, Aisha, Aisha Small, and Brianna Frazier had a really good spark. Um, especially, I know defensively and offensively, um, Brianna Frazier they didn't have an answer for. Yeah. Um, yeah, Aisha. I mean, just she was just in attack mode, just being aggressive, and we needed that spark, and they came up big. All right, now, a year ago yesterday, <laughs> you dropped 41 against Purdue, and yesterday you had 12 points. Explain what they do differently against you. Um, I just feel like we were just taking what the defense was giving us. Right. Um, 
I mean, we, it was really balanced scoring yesterday, and I think that was really it's going to be key in the long run. Because I mean, we had just we just have so many weapons. I mean, Destiny from the outside, Kyler Charles being aggressive on the inside. Like I said, Brianna Frazier didn't have an answer for us. Bree Jones walking double double. I mean, we're just so balanced this year. So I mean, we were just taking what the defense gave us. Right now, coming in this year, you have no one recruiting class. And explain like how's it been like molding them and seeing them progress and grow and help you dominate this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I actually forget that they're freshmen until people bring them up to me. <laughs> I mean, like Destiny Slocum, like I was saying yesterday, um, she is a freshman point guard on the number three team in the country, and she's and she's running us. I mean, we right. trust her with we trust her with everything. I mean, she's running our offense. We have confidence in her. I mean, she's taking NBA threes and, yeah. and knocking them down with confidence. Like Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like against UConn, the number one team in the country, she's right. knocking them down confidently. And so we see our point guard had that confidence. We hey, we just we just follow her lead. All right, and with a couple more games in the Big Ten matchup, like how do you feel? How do you feel the state of the team's mentality is like going into the Big Ten tournament and ultimately NCAA tournament? Yeah, Coach, um, she really. Uh, preaches taking one game at a time. You right. never want to look over anyone because I think the Big Ten is very is very strong from top to bottom. Like we have a, a great, we're going against a great Indiana team on Sunday. Um, going to a, into Assembly Hall and not an easy place to play. So we just got to make sure we stay locked in on each and every game ahead of us. All right. Now I was watching some old videos of you. I think it was Drew Brody. He did a package on you, 2014. Like seeing you as a freshman, compare where you were then to what you are now. Like what are you thinking about? Yeah, just being able to. To bring whatever the the team needs me for that specific game. Like if coach needs me to be a lockdown defender, if she needs me just to communicate, if she needs me to score, if she needs me to um, make easy plays. I'm just trying to be a very versatile player, and I didn't really know how to do that my freshman year. So just being able to be more versatile this year, and just being able to do whatever my team needs me to do. Right. And speaking of your versatility from freshman to senior year, your name's gonna be in the Raptors along with Bree Jones. How's that feel like? I was I was speechless. I mean, it's literally to be it's an honor to be named amongst the legends that played here. I mean, you got Marissa Coleman, you have Christy Tolliver, who just won WNBA champion right. championship. I mean, those are those are legends. Lynetta Kaiser, um, Crystal Langhorn. I mean, I can go on. Alyssa Thomas. Like, yeah. I mean, these are these are legends, and <laughs> right. and I and it hasn't even hit me yet. I mean, it's just like I'm just speechless. Now, you and Bree, I spent all four years together. Like, explain what like she means to you as a teammate and as a leader on this team as well. Yeah, she means she means the world to our team and to me. I mean, just I mean, we've grown together. I mean, I just remember seeing coming in with her um, in the summer. I mean, she had came off an ACL tear. I mean, and just how much weight she's lost. I mean, I just remember her going up and down those steps, the <laughs> right. weights, sweat. I mean, like, I mean. I know she was just like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I mean, and, and I mean, she just grinded it out. And I mean, she never complained once. I can say that about her. She never complained once. And I would just be looking at her like, I don't know how she's doing it. I mean, she's doing rehab. She's doing lifts. She's doing this, like, extra work, just trying to get in, back into shape. And, um, just, I mean, she's, she's just come a long way. She's came a long way. And, I mean, she, she motivates me every day. Just remember to see where she came from and to see where she's at now. It's a beautiful thing to see. Now, something that's interesting, your points, like, points have gone down a little bit, but the whole team feels different from last year to this year. Like, does that matter to you as long as you're winning games? Or Yeah, I just, as long as we win it, I would do whatever. <laughs> I, if coach needs me to sit down on the bench and communicate, I'm for it. I mean, <laughs> I trust her. She got a national championship, and I mean, our team is just so talented that we can, like, I mean, we can put in any any five, and I think we'll, we will come out still aggressive. I mean, coach has really 
um, challenged us on our defense, and that's that's one thing that we we definitely need to focus on. But I mean, we're just so versatile, and I think you see that in our balance going on the on the stat sheets. Right now, you mentioned Chrissy Tolliver. She gra- she graduated with a, you know career forty point eight percent three point percentage, and you have forty five percent. So unless you just miss a whole bunch of threes from now, you're gonna be the all time leader. Like, what does that feel like? It's actually um, mind blowing because in in high school, like I was never ever ever looked to as a three point shooter. Like. Like I would catch the ball and they would just tell people to back up because they just knew I couldn't shoot. And that was one thing I wanted to, to get better at. Um, I focused on because, I mean, I knew that I was taking away shots from my other teammates. So I, if they respect me from the three-point line, that opens it up one-on-one for Bree Jones in the post and just open up for driving lanes from our other guards. So that was one thing I really wanted to to definitely develop coming into college and to, just to be named amongst, like I said, Christy Tolliver, WNBA champion right. is, is an honor. Right. Mm-hmm. Now let's switch things a little bit. I know you've been locked in focus in this season. Have you watched any NBA? Yeah. I know you're a big LeBron fan. Yeah. He's been struggling. He's been you know, calling out Charles Barkley. Like, you paid any attention to that or you just locked in this season? Yeah, I mean, I love LeBron. I'll, and I just I just love basketball. So I'm always trying to, to be a sponge around the game, just to go a different uh, – just listen to different coaches, listen to different players, and, and pick up different different things from the different players in the league. All right, so – Early prediction, are they going to repeat or? Absolutely. They're going to repeat? Absolutely. Is it going to be seven games again, four, or just as long as they repeat? That's yes, like as long as they repeat. Yeah, we got Kyle Corver coming in. Uh, we waiting for a healthy J.R. Smith. So, I mean, it's it, it'll, it'll, be, it'll, be a, it'll be a good one, but I think they're going to go. Do they need it. another playmaker, though? That's what LeBron's been. Uh, I mean. <laughs> LeBron got a hundred million reasons to be a, a playmaker in my oh, opinion. Absolutely, <laughs> LeBron James should have a hundred million reasons. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, but I do think I mean they have the talent. I mean, Golden State is is amazing. They to added watch. another cheat code in yes, Kevin Durant. Yes, um, it'll it'll be it'll be it'll be fun to watch. But I, I, my loyalty is to LeBron. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, as you prepare for a game, like what goes through your mind? What music are you playing? Like, do you do any special routines mm-hmm. to get ready for a game? Um, I like I like some email, but I like to make sure I'm out on on the court like two hours before uh, our pregame starts, just to get just to get in the rhythm, um, shoot some shoot some threes, but not not necessarily a, a routine. Just trying to get the ball in my hands, just just trying to get in the mode, uh, some sweat flowing. But I mean, I just I, I just I'm just so antsy that I try to get on the court as soon as possible. <laughs> hey, I, I feel that. Last question: Like, what does it take for you guys to beat a tough Indiana team? Um, defense. Um, that's part of that's the number one thing of our Maryland identity. We try to defend, rebound, and run. So we tr- want to limit limit their shots, um, make them take tough shots, and get out and run in transition. Continue to be aggressive, and I mean, um, like continue to stick to our identity. We want to be the, the best Maryland team we can possibly be. All right, Shatori, good luck. Thank you know, you. and have a great game. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Welcome back to The Focus. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening again this week. So we're going to jump right in to our guest. We have Rob here today. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So, uh, Cardell, take it away. Man, what's up with your wild <laughs> Straight, to, straight to the point, no cards. Straight to it. Uh, we could just call it growing pains right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're we're doing work right now, as you can see. <laughs> LSU score, but um, LSU, I think uh, honest, honestly, I think it's just growing pains. I mean, you know, I think as a Kentucky fan, we'll be. I've I've been spoiled. We've been spoiled. Big Blue Nation's been spoiled. You know, just for for having guys just being able to come in and make the transition right away. But last year, as you can see, Scow it took him a while. This year, you know, we have got kids basically growing up and trying to become men, 
in like 100, 110 days before March Madness. So, I mean, it's just growing pains. I mean, I think now we can appreciate the co- the the coach of you know the coach that Kyle is, and we'll, we'll go from there. We'll see. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still got faith. I think that was a great answer. <laughs> very politically correct, really. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Coach Kyle. It's okay. I appreciate Coach I feel Kyle. like you rehearsed that answer. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. It was great. Very before the show. Probably a car before he walked in. Right? <laughs> I gotta give it with the right sincerity. I mean, um, some gotta give him. So I mean, I, I like I said, something's gotta give him. Monk can't be the only one shooting jump shots like like we talked about earlier. Uh, Briscoe's gotta really be Briscoe, the guy from high school that dominated the circuit. Uh, Monk, I mean, like it's Monk shows flashes. I mean, earlier what he was a top top winning player earlier in the season. He's kind of that. I think that two three zone when he played against Kansas really showed like he was an eighteen year old kid. Like he didn't know what to do. And um, I mean, guys just got to step up, and we'll be all right. <laughs> what about um, Bam, Winion, Winion? I think uh, Winion is having the. Uh, the scout effect a little bit. He showed, like I said, we sh- he shows flashes. But, like, I mean, he just started playing basketball what, a couple years ago. So, I mean, it- it's coming along. It's going to be there. Uh, Bam, I think Bam needs to get the ball more. Kyle's been preaching that all season. I mean, he's Dwight Howard, Sean Kim combined. He's a grown man. Like, I mean, you've seen the highlights. The kid is unstoppable at times. So, I mean, he's just got to get the ball more. I think, like I said, it's a learning curve. The team's going to be fine. I mean, they're going to be fine. I got I got faith for sure. Florida said we think otherwise. But, all right, um, <laughs> A nightmare. <laughs> All right, kill my you, birthday saying, weekend. I, I know you. Uh, I know you play with more. I know you pay attention to college more than just outside Kentucky. But who's your? Who's the best freshman? Fox, Monk, Folks, Ball, Dennis Smith, or Tatum? Um, I think we don't appreciate Dennis Smith enough. Uh, NC State. They're not on TV enough. I mean, the kid is unbelievable. Um, what he did against Duke. Even though that dunk that he did, even though as time end, uh, regulation ended, it was just like whoa, like yeah, that is like an X factor right there. Um, I think Ball gets a lot of publicity, but f- your boy Fultz, like I mean, he's the real deal. I mean, if you haven't seen him play, you're missing <laughs> out on some eye candy for sure. Uh, the matchup this past weekend was was a, a dandy. Like I mean, they both really got it in. And you could appreciate both of them, but um, out of all of them, I think I still like Fultz, not just from the hometown guy. Um, I liked Fox more than all of them initially, but like seeing him play that two-three zone, I really had I was I was nervous. I didn't know <laughs> <laughs> it scared me. I never seen a Kentucky freshman point guard look so nervous and just out of place since Ryan Harrow, and he wasn't even a freshman. But um, yeah, I, I like Fultz. I mean, you you turned me on to him, and I, I I've been pleased ever since. <laughs> Hey man, I, they told me about him when he came out of JV. And, yeah. um, you know, he played at a hoop hole. He, he actually played against Briscoe with mm-hmm. Kyle and everybody front row. So I was like, right, we're going to see. Right. He gave him the business, man. I was like, oh my God. He was yeah, the best. He destroyed them. And I was like, man. And then ever since then, it's just been on. Like, yeah. steady, um, you know, descent, you know, rise. He, he's he's on his way. He in the mix. Um, other than player, which team has caught your eye? You know, it's the best in the country. Don't say Kentucky outside. Of Kentucky. Outside of Kentucky, yeah, because we've looking, we've looked scary at times. Um, Who Maryland? What <laughs> Georgetown? Nah, 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 nah. Um, I like what I see in North Carolina at times. I think the North Carolina Kentucky game was the best game as far as the season. I like uh, North Carolina. Um, 
Villanova is tough to go against them. Yeah. Uh, they they play very well. Um, I'm not too certain on Gonzaga. I know Billis talks about Gonzaga all the time, but I haven't seen them play enough, I mean, and I'm just not too certain because, you know, just their history. I mean, right. They look amazing regular season. They get in the tournament, and it's see you later. So, um, But I, like I said, Villanova, I mean, you know, I still can't count on Duke. I mean, I, they're going through growing pains as well. Like, I mean, people underestimate or undermine that even though you have all these top recruits and you have all these great players and these, you know, five stars, but these guys got to gel. There has to be some type of continuity. There has to be, you know, a, chem- a team chemistry. And, like, um, you know, these teams are, are struggling right now, but in March, you know, we'll see what we'll see what it made of. But um, Villanova looks good. I mean, Kansas – oh, Kansas – I can't stand Kansas. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Mason is playing out of this world right now. I mean, they, they got it. They got it going on right now. And Even with the suspensions. Yeah, The other guard, what's his name? You know uh, what I'm talking about. He with the up. hair. Yeah. Um, I can't think of him. But he, he, he can yeah, go, he's, too. He's a ball player. Vickers, all of them. And you're the freshman. I, mean, I forgot about yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh he's, playing, he's playing outstanding. And Carlton Bragg, and he's back off suspension. So, I mean, pretty deep. I mean. We'll see. I mean, this is this is why I love college basketball. One more month. <laughs> um, what about uh, one more time? I'm just sneaking in Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, their depth, their size is yeah. crazy. Man. Size and depth for sure. Raul Atkins, Alkins, Raleigh yeah. Alkins, stud. <laughs> like I mean, he doesn't even start, but he's a stud. I mean, getting Trier back, and um, you know, just just their bigs. He's doing, he's doing a really good job out there as far as recruiting them. If we don't get him, he's definitely snagging them. So, I mean, Arizona, I mean, Wildcat Nation, I guess. I got the big man, DeAndre Aiden, coming. Yeah. No more playing in the country, so it's yes. about to be serious problems. What about area programs? Um, Maryland, Georgetown, GW, what are your analysis just, you know? Um, Maryland, Maryland's coming along. Um, I feel like Melo is really taking on that closer role, and um, the other the other freshmen are flourishing. I mean, like we, we talked about Jackson earlier. He's a stud. Uh, Hoyter he can shoot the shoot the rock. Um, just like you know, the local kids, the kids from St. John's, the two, the Con- yeah, Collins. I mean, he's, he's playing really well. So I mean, the team is young, and I mean, they look like they're going to be good in the future. And like I said, Melo is just you know, I, I got this guy. He's at the end, at the end of the day. What about Georgetown? Georgetown. Honestly, I haven't paid too much to Georgetown this season, but um. The couple games I, you know, I did, I did see them play. They played pretty well. I mean, it's I'm just so frustrated in Georgetown because I feel like they should be there, and it's, it's just not happening. And we've talked about this multiple <laughs> times about Thompson, but um, you know, I like I like Peak a lot. So um, we'll see. At Georgetown, they're still they're still not there. And Rodney Pryor, yeah, yeah. Rodney, yeah, certainly. Like, um, he tore it up this time. I knew he was gonna have a big season because mm-hmm. he went to work and kind of like, yeah. Um, GW, what about them? GW, like like we were talking about earlier, I mean, they made the adjustment from the coaching and everything. I mean, they're going to get better. It's just like, you know. when They're, they're very young. Yeah, they're very young. They've got like when seven freshmen. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> a high school team, <laughs> a, a varsity yeah. team. Yeah, so, I mean, but, I mean, that's that's the learning curve. Like I said, when you when you got Kentucky grabbing five kids, and then you got, you know, Duke grabbing five other kids, and then, you you know, you're left with guys that are going to take a little a little longer to get to their peak, you know. I mean, it's just a learning curve. You just got to bear with your team. And like I said, this is why I just love college basketball. Right. I mean, to really see guys really grow, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that they leave that early. But, I mean, it's, I mean, just to see the guys, the kids grow into men and then, you know, go off and do great things, I think. Well, I agree. Just, um, 
Bobby Knight said it best. He said, man, in high school, you showcase your talent, but college, you learn the game. You learn exactly. how to play basketball. Yeah. So that's, that's perfect. Uh, We're going to jump to the pros, man. Uh, no, you know, I know you saw the Wiz and Cass, oh, yeah. and we're going to get on that a little bit <laughs> you know, more later. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, who do you feel is the biggest threat? If there was the, a team you could choose to take out the Cavs, who would it be? Um, um, on paper, I thought Indiana was going to be that team. I mean, Me too. from top to bottom, I, the size, you know, Paul George was coming into his own and it seemed to be struggling. I don't know if they're not gelling yet. You know, you can wait till all-star break, but it's just something's not there. And then um, uh, the Raptors are doing, you know, I guess – Pretty well, but um, because DeRozan got hurt, that's when yeah. they got the slide. But mm-hmm. you know, he it's came hurt. back last night. So, yeah. but um, like I said, I think Indiana was the team that I was hoping or looking for to take that next that next leap and you know be at least in contention with the uh, Cavs a little bit. But um, like I said, I mean, as long as LeBron's playing these, and you know, with the team that he has, and I guess they're their biggest they're they're their biggest opponent, honestly, in my opinion. Okay. What about our West? You know, who the biggest threat to, you know, I kind of put the Warriors and Spurs even. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, who the biggest threat to, you know, possibly knock them off if there is anyone? It's tough. I mean, the Clippers tease us every year. And then it's like it's it, it happens like dominoes. Like Paul gets hurt, then Griffin gets hurt, and then it's like playoffs, and you're like oh, both of them are hurt. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like uh, I think they tease us, but um, I mean Westbrook is doing as much as he can. But at the end of the day, you know these are the two superior teams, and I think you know hopefully we get that, that showdown between those two. And um, but like I said, I mean with the team that the Warriors have right now, it's just video game like, and then when they're going, it's just. It's crazy. Like I mean, I mean, I've I've been blown away a couple of times how just like the the ball works around the the arc and it's just cash, cash, cash. Like it's it's a video game. It's crazy. Like, so. but like I said, outside of that though, the Warriors and the Spurs. I mean, it'll, it'll be one of them. One of those two. Hopefully, we'll get round three and we can settle it there and make it a rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know. Had an interesting game, you know, Super Bowl Sunday. You know, what's your thoughts on that? Very interesting. Like, like we talked about earlier, um, I'm a Brady fan. You know, number ten, University of Michigan, Brady. I like that guy when he was struggling with Drew Henson. All these faces. The reason I'm making his face. It's, it's the hat, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is more so like the hat. Like, I, I'm a, I already got past the hat. Uh-huh. I just might not make eye contact. <laughs> but now, like. It's just the University of Michigan all of a sudden coming out of nowhere. Like, we love Tom. Like, it's, it's, if it was consistent, I'm cool with it. Right. right? This isn't his first championship. No, it's not. But, like, it just, I saw so many pictures from, like, the Michigan Wolverines account. Uh-huh. Just like, y'all do it too. <laughs> You're doing it Tyler too much. You didn't love this dude that much when he was there. Uh, I he mean, was but he was he was struggling to get no, on no, the no, field no, when he was no, there. No, just, just, I mean, Drew Henson, Drew Hen- if it wasn't for Drew Henson not going to play with the Yankees, it's a good chance Tom Brady may, might not even be drafted in the Where sixth round. Where was this love after the first one? After the first one? Or the one? second one? It's I'm history, all, that's why. It's I'm always, from Michigan. I'll, oh, not you. Oh, the, oh, yeah. I'm from Michigan. Because this is what's irking. Michigan's all of a sudden like, we're proud of the man. Bro, well, when? Well, <laughs> well, Harbaugh has changed, you know, the whole the whole thing in Michigan. I mean, the guy the guys that he's bringing there, the the satellite trips. I, ain't I mean, one Brady thing go up well, like well, Brady was just there. Season. Brady was just there when he was on suspension. When they uh, it was a home game, he was at Ann Arbor. So I mean, so because he could, have, he had nothing else to do. He was at Michigan. <laughs> he was throwing routes to his son. So he <laughs> yeah, he was working. Out, he was on suspension. Yeah, right. But 
I mean, we cannot undermine the greatness of Tom Brady. No, I'm not going here. I'm <laughs> is down he with the greatest quarterback of all time? I mean, he's by far the greatest <laughs> quarterback that I've seen. But I mean, like I said, I think if you, like if you pull up the numbers with him in Montana, I mean, he's he's got he's got the nod. And if and if you were looking for that impeccable moment, that that Montana moment, I think that was uh, it. He got the nod with numbers. If you, I mean the Super Bowls, the championship. I mean the Super Bowls. I think the MVPs and it was. Uh, it was something else that was I'm not sure if it was yardage or wins. Might have been wins. Yeah, he got wins. Yeah, it was wins, and um, he's got he's got the nod. But if you like, I said, if you were looking for that impeccable moment, I mean, twenty eight nine. I mean, from Montana, never touching, there's no interceptions, baby. No losses. He like, what is this losing? I can't relate. I can't relate, Brady. When you're playing with when you're playing with a bunch of guys like us put into a system. I mean, Montana really had the greatest receiver of all time. He played with Roger Craig. No, no, no. Not he that did. first one. I mean. Yeah, exactly. The, not Maybe not the first one, okay, but, but the bulk of his career. I mean, we look at we look what Brady did with Moss for what, those two seasons. He rewrote the history book. If he would have had someone in our caliber the majority of his career, I mean, Gronk, who knows? Gronk is not a Hall of Famer. Gronk is. Bennett's not quality. I mean, he's quality. Edelman's not quality. Look what Edelman had to do to get on the field. What do you mean? It took him a while to get on the I mean, field. Probably, he's one of the better slot dudes like, he's back. since he's time in the league. And Blunt? Like Deion said, you don't want to smoke that Blunt. <laughs> Listen, but I'll say, look, Not Tom Brady's – Yeah, the supporting cast that he's had. I mean, these guys are shuffled in year in and year out. I mean, Gronk, yeah, he's – Gronk is amazing, but where was Gronk didn't even play this past game. He's, he's always hurt. So I mean, like, like I said, the Tom Brady for me, I mean, okay. impactful, man. I'm cool with, I'm cool, like I, I, I even got to the place where I'm cool with the best quarterback. Right. I just drew the line with the best football player ever. I, I refuse to go that far with. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stop, no, I'm not yeah. saying you. I'm nah. just saying like since yeah. it happened, that's where people yeah. have been going. Like, oh my gosh, like he's doing it like that. It's yeah. Him. And it will be all. I'm not there with it yet. But like, if but if you look at the the position of the quarterback, I mean, it's the most high pro high profile position on the football field. So, I mean. but at the same time, like I guess my whole thing is like I give him a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you also had the greatest coach ever in the NFL. Yeah, that's true. Which like that's kind of a big deal to have in your back pocket. Yeah. Like I know you got the cooking in that comeback, but the Jedi mind tricks that Bill Belichick <laughs> plays yeah. on opposing teams. The adjustments, crazy. Yeah. yeah. He, like, he, he saw that coaching stuff. <laughs> like, like, gonna get in did you see him snatch the headset from them dudes in the second half? It was like, like he took notes in the first half, like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, cut his mic, <laughs> you know, he got loose. He saw him walking up and down the side. He looked real active in the second half. Yeah. I, I'm not saying he caught everything, but I'm, I don't think Matt Patricia did much. It looked like he was half. entertained, and it was like, oh, finally. Yeah. I got a chance to really show how good I am now. Like, <laughs> and he just flexed real quick. And I mean, like I think Brady's great, but that dude is amazing. Like, think about what he did. Like, he really played the greatest mind trick on Matt Ryan. Like, you told him <laughs> Julio Jones has two people on him. But at the same time, we taught that two people wasn't enough. Yet he tricked him into believing, like, conventional thinking. That I shouldn't throw into that double team, which is really a single team, because right. it's eighty twenty. But I'm gonna try to spread it to everybody else, who now you threw wrinkles into everybody else. They not open. Yeah. You know who he really? 
I mean, I, I agree with you, but you know who I think he really got in the head of the coaching stuff. Oh, no, no, he, no, he definitely yeah, got that. Yeah, he definitely got that. Even Shanahan at the game was like, I blew that because he made Shanahan get out of character. Like, yeah, he got super aggressive. What, what got them good field position from mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, they ran the ball. They only ran the ball four times in the second half. You that know what the big, you know big thing with that, and I do agree with you? Uh, when Campbell, uh, I don't know what say, Campbell. Uh, Coleman. Coleman yeah. got hurt. Mm-hmm. It's because I love Devontae, but he's not a three mm-hmm. yards in a cloud of dust dude. But still, four running plays is crazy. Yeah. But like you said, he got he gets you so far yeah. in your mind that you don't know right from wrong, right from <laughs> right. Like you said, now it's pressure. It's pressure because it don't apply to players. It probably it was like, oh, yeah. I got to do with Brady. And, oh my, and then Brady just like, and he coming and coming. It's like, oh, my God, we got to do something. He even got you to play zone. You had no reason that was to get out there defense. Minute, and like, Brady like, really? Prevent against me? He made it so his own, it was like. <laughs> yeah, he loved. I ain't time. Take this work. Called him up. And then defensively, it was just crazy. Because it went from all this space, all these things that we can do, so he put you in a box all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Kyle, like all those great formations that we saw in the first half, they literally couldn't get to 30. If they got to 30. Might have been cool. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get the three points to put him in a safe, like that safe place. Mm-hmm. They man, just couldn't get it. Man. Oh, hey, God. that oh, sack. There was a part of me, and I couldn't say it on Twitter because <laughs> the petty in me, Uh-oh. like my mentions would have went crazy. Because we do this a lot with other quarterbacks that look different that refuse to throw the ball away <laughs> in certain situations. So for all those people, like, oh, it's the play call. I don't hear that excuse for those other-looking quarterbacks. <laughs> the guys that look a little different, it's regardless of the play call, you're supposed to get rid of the ball. So, Matty Ice, what you doing taking that sack, young man? Like, I know Kyle was tripping a little bit, and that's cool. You're the NFL MVP, young man. I'm looking at you. You just won an award. You won two awards the night before. Hey, man. Two awards. Uh-huh. Championship pedigree hey. is real. I mean, we saw last night with like the Wiz and Cavs, man. It's just yeah. – you got to know how to win. And they do, so it is what it is. It is hilarious. It is hilarious. Because, <laughs> like, even when they were up, like, I refused. Like, I just couldn't. It, when that, it was 28, 21-3, 28-9, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I never felt like the Falcons yeah, had it. Yeah. Oh, no. Because no. it's like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, y'all got a big lead. But technically, your offense only scored twice. Mm-hmm. You know, like, from a technical standpoint, you only drove the length of the field twice. Secondly, there's a whole bunch of big plays, which we know. Those are kind of anomalies against Bill Bel- Belichick defense for the most part. Eventually, you're going to have to put together like an 18-play drive, which you, if you had one of those drives in the second half, Super Bowl champions, you, you're not going to grind them, like out-grind them. Look, man. Like and it, it was beautiful. I mean, yeah, you're right. And one, thing, and one thing, I said if they would have scored one more time, I'd be able to put them away. That, that was it. But they couldn't do it. But the thing with Brady, when he loses – you, he's getting hit a lot. Mm-hmm. If you notice, my Broncos did it. Uh, the Giants did it. Straight hand and out. When the Ravens broke through, they did it. They was doing that in the first half, but their defense got tired because the offense was kind of like three and out. And then the second half, they couldn't get there. When they went, when they said after running, when the Patriots like, just kill this running stuff, uh-huh. we're going to go 19 wide. Because <laughs> y'all want to rush the passer. You're not going to consistently be able to rush the passer mm-hmm. every play, and they're in empty formation. Exactly. You just not. And now your linebackers that were running up the field, now we got to cover. You know, and again, you're talking about the receivers. Running all. Like, I'm sure they didn't go into that game going, hey, James White, you about to be the dude. You're going to be the key. But you talk about coaching and adjustments. It was like, 
you're the guy consistently winning the matchup. He got the ball over and over. And one of the quarterbacks for the uh, Falcons, what's his name, Poole? That safety portal. Man, he was getting destroyed. Oh, I know Bell, they came in the game like we getting at him. Like, every play, I'm you like. have been selected. He was right. But, I mean, every time they caught the ball, I'm like, who's there again? Beat every time. <laughs> he turned around Poole. I'm like, oh, my. It's the same so, one. So, <laughs> if they find you. It's if, over. I, what movie was it when they were, like, looking around and looking for the dude that was shit with the wide eyes? And they were like, it's you? Oh. It was a water boy or something? What movie was it? It was a football movie. And, and now, nah, this dude was about to kick off. It was a one-side kick. And they were like, which is going to be my guy? Oh, it was Waterboy. can't say the word because it's not going to be Waterboy. It was Waterboy. The guy was about to kick off. He was like, which one is going to be my guy? That was Pooh for Brady. Yeah. They were like, hey, but 34. <laughs> we found you. You have been selected. Brady, and he famous for doing that. Um, he did that to, what's that, the Steeler uh, DB that was talking trash that Mike? Yeah, yeah. He picked you out. Yeah, it was. I'm just happy that now, you know, uh, my new head coach doesn't have celebration days. You can come to work now. <laughs> you, That's ready? where I'm at mm-hmm. in my life. So. He's there. I'm sorry, Atlanta. He should be in Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, he, he like should be in the Bay by now. Like, after they lost, that's my only thing. Now you can show up to work tomorrow. Yeah, I was you know, like, he should be in the Bay right, right now. <laughs> you might as well just, you're already in Houston. You have way across the country. <laughs> should I already pack up the house? Tell me to meet you, meet you at the headquarters. Yeah. You know, just come on, man. Damn, they're going on. It's um, homeboy from USC. They left on um. He got fired. They left on the Lane plane. Kiffin. They gonna lay Kiffin on <laughs> Nah, he just need to do the right thing. There's no reason to go back to Atlanta right now. <laughs> like, if I'm Dan Quinn, I don't know if I want to go back. Mm. And that's the crazy part of your Dan Quinn. You were on the Seahawks team when y'all did that stupidity. Did you learn nothing? Oh yeah, he was on that staff, man. He just like, like oh, you were on that staff. Yeah. Did you learn nothing? Like you, all you had to do was run down. Cause I'm sure if Josh McDaniel was thinking something that crazy. Bill would have been like, hey, mute this mic. Boom, the ball. It was a great game, though. It was a great game. At least I was glad that it was at least a competitive-ish type game-ish. Falcons fan, like, that was literally Michael Myers. Like, you got a head start, you hopped in the car, got to a new town, and he walks you down. I mean, I feel like Atlanta just was so... Over the... Not over the top, like, they were just... Over the top. Well, over the top in the sense, like... They, I felt like the whole city was already predicting that they were going to win. And I think that that put a little bit of added pressure on them, honestly. You know, the mayor sh- uh, automatically, like, signed a, a something where they were like, we're going to leave the clubs open an extra hour and a half, you know, so the whole city can celebrate. Like, they signed up on that before. So I'm like, okay. they like, Migos need to perform at halftime. they about to go crazy. they in Houston. Everybody, like... I was just like, y'all probably should have just been been quiet, <laughs> you know, sign the order afterwards. Focus on the game. Yeah. I thought yeah, I, I make adjustments. They didn't make adjustments. No. I mean, but that's the thing. Like you said, as a championship <clears throat> culture, like that's why it's so mm-hmm. hard. Everybody wonders why, you know, the Patriots get picked every year on purpose. You know, we hear a lot of other teams get thrown out there. We don't take them seriously. It's hard to kill teams like that. Yeah. Like the teams that win championships on a regular basis, they're never going to be rushed. Yeah. That's, the same, the, that's the same thing. You, it's the same like, thing we're like, talking like, about the Spurs. Yeah. The pressure's on you. To knock them out. Even if you get a big lead, pressure's really up now because you shouldn't have the lead. You didn't expect to have the lead. Yep, you told yourself you did, but you did it. Because you didn't know <laughs> really once you got it. You got, went up 20-some points, 25 points. Didn't know what to do after that because you're like, well, now I mean, what? we planned for it, but um, <laughs> what's the next? Hmm. What do we do now? Uh, <laughs> <you walk down. laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. It is what it is, man. Mm.
It was hilarious, though. But, uh, I'm happy my head coach can come, come to work now. <laughs> we got a press conference on Thursday. I'm so like, Kyle, are you, are you I there? I expect you to hire your staff and nobody from Atlanta. Let's go. You know what, we're going to take a quick break, then we come back, and we're going to jump into Rapid Fire, because that's going to be a, <laughs> a doozy. I already know. Like, I, it's a doozy. You don't have to tell me I didn't get a disclaimer, but I can feel disturbance in the force. It's, it's because so much has gone on this past week, so you can yeah, only imagine. Yeah, not only that, but like last week we were both sick. So I know we could have turned heat up all the way, oh, but now okay. that we're going to feel good. Like I, I, I gave the temperature, and I said hi to him when he got here. I was like, I'm you know, good. I'm going on the other side. He was like, no, I'm good. I was like, I'm not going to lie. I was like, he got cold traps? Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> so about to be real. But, uh, Rob, thank you so much, man. We're going to take a quick break. You guys are listening, watching, tuning in to The Focus. And uh, the best time on the show is up next, man. Fun times. Fun times. And um, just want to let you guys know, hit Cardell during the week. You want something that might want to get thrown into the rapid fire? Or just period something you want us to discuss, hit us on social media. Let us know. But we'll be right back with uh, Cardell trying to hurt everybody's feelings with rapid fire. Um, you want to give us a hint? I just need like, some answers as usual. Disclaimers. Disclaimers. It's a company line. I just need some answers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We all going to talk about Baylor and all that disclaimer. Let's say not Wow. Nah, we ain't going there. Watching the focus. We're going to leave that alone. <laughs> Somebody did write about that. You can hit my mom for that. <laughs> And um, after you read that, because we're not talking about that on air, um, head to Finest Mag. Uh, they know what they're doing over there. Cardell's an outstanding one-man band over there. I don't know how he does it. Because I, I, get, I get the luxury of calling like 30 people. <laughs> Cardell's literally, I, look, man, I don't know. Your man Billy checking without break. <laughs> 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 I don't know how he does it. But you're watching The Focus. We'll be right back. All right, here we go. Rabbit fire, everybody's favorite dun, part dun, of the show. Yeah, we got to get some dramatic music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first question. Magic Johnson returns to the Lakers. Like or dislike the move? Oh, we start with this Oh, I mean, we start this way. I'm definitely a fan of that. I mean, the prestige that Magic brings to the to the team and just, you know, just the help and that he can help in the front office. I mean, because obviously things – it's like they, they're at that point. They drafted pretty well. They have a nice young nucleus. But it's it's definitely they need someone to take them to the next the next level. I mean, Magic might be that guy. So we'll see. Because I mean, they got a lot of young talent there. Maybe some good moves in the near future, or just you know, just development of players. So we'll see. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Um, it's always good to have him back in you know their whole little leaker family, and I'm pretty sure that they're excited for him to be there. And, and like you said, having young players, at least having somebody like him to look up to and talk to, and somebody that's actually been in you know their shoes um, and hopefully you know give them some good direction sure <laughs> I mean you probably help sell some more tickets that yeah. too <laughs> that doesn't the hurt the office barely knows what they're doing <laughs> it's a nice little stopgap from people from looking at the people who are actually making mistakes you, you know you instead go hey magic's there so now you look at with hope and optimism versus you've, you guys have just been bugling bug, like bugling this entire situation, you don't know what you're doing at all. It's a very proud, like, historic franchise, yeah. and this is where it's currently at. So, sure, let's put a band-aid on it. Yeah, have magic. <laughs> it, it's Just deep. sprinkle some magic <laughs> in there. <laughs> all right, second question. Is Isaiah Thomas the best closer in the NBA? I'm going to start with you, Arte. Is he the best closer in the NBA? That's a tough, because um, 
I'm pretty sure everybody saw Kyrie last <laughs> night. So, I mean, it's pretty tough, but um, I, I definitely think he's in the conversation for that. You, you definitely have to give him his props. You know, he kills in the fourth quarter almost every game, like, consistently this year. It's not like it's been a one-off every now and then. Like, it's for some reason, it's like the fourth quarter is the first quarter for him. Like, he's like, all right, I'm rejuvenated. I just, you know, warmed up again, and now I'm ready. So, it, he's definitely in the conversation. He's not the best quarterback. <laughs> uh, it's a follow-up question. Oh, uh, right now, how does it, I might go with Kyrie. Okay. Telling you, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I might have to second that. Uh, like like she's uh, uh, touched on, like Isaiah's fourth quarter numbers are just crazy. I mean, it's like he, it's it's time. Like you point out the watch, it's time. Like, but um, as far as like really taking over a game, and I mean not necessarily taking over a game, but closing out a game. I mean, like last night, it was just. Remarkable, so I'm definitely gonna have to say Kyrie as well. Okay, but he's a heck of a hell of a fourth. Oh, quarter. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's like, yeah. like, I, like I don't think anybody's trying to slight him. No, not at all. You know nah. But well, Isaiah, bro, like, I had LeBron, t- but now I'm going to But, uh, <laughs> Mavericks point guard Yogi Ferrell on a 10 day contract is averaging 17 points, five assists, and four games. Is he in the NBA to stay? Start with you. He should have been to begin with, but you know, people like to take things from overseas sometimes for no reason. Things <laughs> that are here that proved it through this whole collegiate system. Yeah. So yeah, he should be here. <laughs> he should be here to be here to stay. Saw so it firsthand last year in what the was it the uh, Sweet Sixteen? I think they got they got us out the way. And yeah, I mean, he's been doing it for four years. Light work. Yeah. Light work last year. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Light work. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely dealt with Tyler U last year. Last year. But um, yeah, Yogi Ferrell. I, I hope I'm hoping that he gets the opportunity, you know, f- further opportunities to to show what he can really do in the league. And I'm glad he's taking advantage of of this initial opportunity right now. Okay, I agree. I definitely think he should stay. Um, I think they always like the littler players just off being little. Um, but uh, yeah, if you sit there and you watch, like you said, his whole body of work from you know actually completing four years of college like we want people to actually do. And like you say, you know, like we talked about earlier, being in high school is when you, you know, showcase your skills, but being in college is when you actually hone and and learn the game. And, you know, he actually took that time to do that. So it's great that he's actually getting an opportunity to actually show that, you know, this is something that I do. Like all you have to do is give me the ball and I can do it, you know. So I definitely think he should stay, you know, because Dallas wasn't doing too hot before him, you know, to get, you know. So obviously something's working. Okay. Well, um, former Bulls GM Jerry Krause was on the podcast with Adrian Wojnarowski, and um, he asked him, "Did Mike ever come to him and ask for players?" And this was his quote: "He never came to me and asked for other players. He never came to me and asked to draft a player. He never came to me to ask to trade for a player. Never once did that happen. Part of it was he thought he was so darn good he can win without him. I'm sure that he would say that's nuts. I went without him. I don't care." But Michael was smart enough to understand the organization after the first time I understood what we had to do as an organization. He was great with it. He never complained to me. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, not not surprised at all. Like um like we've had this conversation multiple times. Those guys from that era, I mean, just a different mindset. I mean, that wasn't accepted. If you, if you want if you were the best, you wanted to play against the best. And I I mean, I certainly believe that if Magic and Larry would have teamed up, you know. 
the league might have been in bad shape a long time ago. But the fact that those, I feel like back then it was more so just like, you know, when guys used to team up in the Celtics, it was like a nursing home, like when Bill Walton just, (laughs) well, let me just go try to, you know, see if I can at least get a ring. But it wasn't more so guys teaming up in their prime or the peak of their prime or, you know, the, the end of their prime, like, now I feel like it's just accepted, and I, I don't think it's really too cool at all. I mean, it takes away from the league. It takes away from the competition, and it takes away, like, there's no rivalries in the league. I mean, it's just, like, we go through 82 games, and, okay, now here comes the playoffs, like, finally. Because, I mean, it's just it's, everyone plays on one team. It's like, so, like, I mean, like we talk about multiple times, I think AU had really started, you know, the, yeah. the really mess up the whole thing, like when best friends are teaming up. And then, you know, through the college thing, and then, now, oh, I want to play with my buddy again. You know, we had fun. So, oh, we were on the USA team together, too. So, like, but, um, was, you know, I, I, it's not, not nothing that I would think Michael would ever think about doing. I mean, you know, he probably might. I, the, the most I can expect from Mike is, hey, man, you think you can get me a, someone I can rebound down there? Other than that, nah, I, I'm sure he wanted the ball in his hands okay. <laughs> as much as possible. Okay. <laughs> um, I would say that sounds like the GOAT. That sounds like something that <laughs> would happen, you know. Um, just like you were saying, like, back then I felt like their mindset and they were more prideful when it comes to playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt like back then they were more, like, I don't want to have to say that, you know, I teamed up with this person to win a chip. Like, I want to be able to be to say that I did it on my own merit and I did it by myself or I dealt with the hand that was di- given to me. You know, like, I'm a basketball player. I'm not a GM. I'm here to play basketball. I'm not here to pick who's going to play with me. Right. You know, if I wanted to do that, I would be in the office somewhere trying to figure that out. So, I mean... That sounds like something that I'm pretty sure that, you know, Jordan, you know, never voiced any type of opinions about who should come, who he doesn't want to come, um, how much should he get paid, like all of that other crazy stuff. But, I mean, it, it sounds accurate to me. I just wish some other people would follow oh, suit. Oh, oh, I mean, it's, it's, just kind of, it's, kind of, it's kind of it's a nice little mic drop from one of the dudes who ruined the Bulls. So I, it's cool that you said that. I'm always going to remember you for ruining that. So yeah. nothing you say is going to make me yeah. feel better. <laughs> so slight pat on the back. You said something nice. You're also the idiot that ruined it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a more stubborn time. Like, I agree with everything you guys said. Like, mm-hmm. the, pride was, the pride was too strong. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and the competitive drives. And I'm not saying people aren't competitive now, but you're just stubborn. Yeah. Like, and sometimes it was in some players' detriment. Because sometimes maybe some people maybe thought they were here and they weren't, and maybe they needed one of those guys that were actually where they thought they were, and it could help a little bit, but it's a more stubborn time. So, I mean, it, it is what it is, but it's just kind of a, a mic drop for me for some of the people who even continue to throw these two things. We need to stop playing word association <laughs> with those two separate people and eras and yeah. all that. Just leave them alone. Yeah. Like, just let's – that was – like, do like baseball. That was an era, this is an era. That's an era. That's it. NFL's tribute to NFL greats from HBCUs, long overdue? I'll start, yeah, completely. Um, Because, like we talk about all the time a lot, especially I think it was a great time to do it now, too, because, um, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, and then, of course, you know, we talked about a couple shows back about kids not wanting to go to HBCUs anymore because they don't think they'll get the exposure. They don't think they'll make it to the league. They don't think, you know, that they'll be able to, you know, progress and go forward in their career that they want to go to. But I think it was great that they showcased that 
yes, you can go to an HBCU. Going to an HBCU isn't a detriment to your playing career. You know, as long as you work hard, regardless if you're at an HBCU, a PWI, Division One, Two, II, or Three, if you work hard and you do what you're supposed to do and you actually have the talent and the merit, you can make it, and these people showcase that to them. So I thought it was great. Oh, yeah, I'm, I, that, like she said, definitely long overdue. Uh, it was quite refreshing to actually see those guys. I mean, you know, Mel Blunt, um, arguably one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time, you know, to see the school that he went to. Like I said, it was just refreshing. Um, and also, like, what's going on in the world right now, you know, how divided we are, but just to see that, you know, it's, like I said, it's just a great thing to see. And um, just just the opportunity, I mean, the the stage that they took it on the Super Bowl stage, I mean, the whole world's watching, pretty mm-hmm. much. So, I mean, just to see that, hey, you know, it's a lot going on right now, but, hey, you know, you guys are still front and plateau right here. So, okay. I agree with both of them. Um, it was great. It was refreshing. Um, I just needed to happen more than just once. Yeah, too. Like, they should probably, like, I feel like that would be a good idea to do, like, every Super Bowl, yeah, you know, like, sport. yeah, and again, and even in every sport, too, like you said, like basketball, you know, because there are a lot of people in the NBA that came from HBCUs, like, a lot of people don't know. and they yeah. don't know that, yeah, and it's like, so I, I definitely think it's a great idea that they should definitely do it in other sports um, and more frequently because, you know, kids are growing up and they're seeing this stuff and they're looking up to these people and they're like, well, he went to Alabama, so I want to go to Alabama just because, you know. Okay. Is Terrell Owens a Hall of Famer? It's real simple. Man, yeah. They ain't getting on my nerves with this <laughs> mess, man. Like, they are getting on my – he didn't even make the top ten. Again, again, being a part of media, right? Oh this is gosh. why I hate media yeah, as objective. a part of media. Like, I'm a part of media, but I hate media. And this is what gives people reason to say – media is trash and things like that. It gives people ammo mm-hmm. because I'm right alongside those same people when what the heck does his personal relationship with you have to do with the sport that he played and you wrote about? Exactly. Man. He played it. He wrote about it. And not to diminish your writing, but you're writing about what him did on the field. And to get in the Hall of Fame is about what him did on the field. There's a whole bunch of horrible people in the Hall of Fame across sports and again it's easy to point out Terrell because he talked a lot some <laughs> of the other horrible people are just quiet some of your favorite players are horrible people yeah. you know what I'm saying it's just that it wasn't out loud in the media and again call the media again they pick and choose whose stuff they want to throw out in a, in, in a, in a public eye mm-hmm. like, we, like we hear about so much domestic violence stuff in the NFL it's real interesting whose cases decide to go nuclear public and whose cases we throw under a rug and keep it moving. It's just real funny to me. Terrell Owens wasn't the first or last divisive player in a locker room. And he won't be the last. <laughs> and he won't be the last. God, it's just that again. <laughs> like, I think it's one of those things, but just because he was open and honest, which, oh, my gosh, a lot of you people love your athletes to be all of a sudden. That's just very refreshing. <laughs> um, you didn't like him because he didn't kiss your butt for the stories you wrote? You didn't like him because he didn't give you exclusives all the time? Because he might have been one of the few players early on to understand that he's his own brand. He can he can get his own message out there with or without you. Like, I think there's, there's a whole lot of petty, egotistical reasons as to why this is happening. And I know I'm going to have the biggest issue in the world next year if Randy Moss gets in first ballot. He will. When, <laughs> and and, and I, I think he is. He when, <laughs> again, not, not the not <laughs> Randy Moss, but, like, we're splitting hairs here. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not I'm not trying to get on characters, but I'm just saying for the sake of this discussion, since the fact that he's like number two, number three all time, like he's goat status at his position mm-hmm. is irrelevant since we want to throw that out the window. Um, and it's all about character all of a sudden. I mean, that's interesting to me. Ray Lewis might go in next year too. Interesting. But Ray, Ray Lewis has been um, riding the fence lately, you know what I'm saying? Certainly. He knows what's coming up. So <laughs> I'm not, I know, but I'm just saying, like, people yeah. like to forget, like, revision's history is crazy. And, like, and the things that people have got in trouble, we talk about things off the field. What has what Terrell ever done off the field? Had a bunch of kids. <laughs> Like everybody else in them. Like, what's that one big thing that he did off the field? You're like, that, even that—that's his business. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it, it goes back to what you said, ego. And yeah. we, we we around a lot of media people, mm-hmm. and this is where I kind of say, if you play the game, you ain't have to necessarily make it to the pros. You played in, you, if you played at a level where you had to earn the right to be on the floor and earn the right to produce and stuff, then you can relate to what these athletes are doing. Mm-hmm. That's why I say, it's a reason why NBA on TNT, Kenny Smith and all them has been, you know, the highest rate or whatever for decades mm-hmm. because those are great players that put in the time and everything and they take you they give you a glimpse that you may not think of it's a lot of media people who use their ego because they couldn't cut it and that's the real deal and they want to prove through their writing that they're better than you that they're smarter than you and everything like that and it's like it's like nah because if you play the game you can kind of chill with your ego because you're like well I, I did some damage so you're not tripping off that mm-hmm. and you can understand fully where they're coming from how they playing and everything like I hear people you know being dismissed about Russell Westbrook triple double. I had a triple double in college. I've never been more tired in my life. And he's doing it over at the highest level against the best players over eighty two game season. And don't I tell me yeah, exactly don't tell me that's that's just nothing. Like you you can't even get a triple double in a video game. Go out or go in the record league and try to get a triple double. Mm-hmm. You will see you see what I'm saying? It's perspective. A lot of media people who never play sports or whatever they feel they don't have that perspective and that's what the divide is and now with the athletes like you said they have their own platform and everything they can speak out and let you have it because it's like no nah, don't don't come in here telling me how it, i'm how i am and everything like when you don't know all the factors especially when you never played the game it's like when Jalen rose checked um skip bayless years ago he's like mm-hmm. man you average like 1.2 games of uh, 1.2 points on jv like chill you know what i'm saying and the reason why Jalen rose came that strong and embarrassed him because he was calling he was disrespecting a lot of players calling chris bosh bosh spice and everything you don't need to go there you know what i'm saying criticize they can find but you check, you going, you crossing in the manhood line. That's the problem, and a lot of media people don't understand that. That's why they get dealt with how they dealt with. This is wrong. His number speak for itself, man. Let God judge that man. Whatever you have beef with, that has nothing to do with what he did on the field, especially in that Super Bowl. We were coming off a broke leg yeah. and played better than everybody on the Eagles. Dog, and like the last part that like bothered me the most, and I'm gonna get into it more next week. Was like, I don't watch a lot of the jump, you know. And I know you told me like, I'll, I'll find out what happens with like some of those shows. When you text me, because I don't watch too much of it. But, like, I watched yesterday just because of the T.O. stuff. And I, and I saw, uh, you know, old boy was going to be on TV talking. Uh, his quarterback was going to be on TV talking. Donovan, and, you know, he and gave him prayer. Donovan yeah, Donovan. And I was he like, be in there. Donovan had enough sense to know that, come on now. And then I just can't get over the ego thing. Like, you're getting that. You feel that strongly about somebody where you're literally basing all this off word of mouth. Because last time I checked, the locker room that you see as a media person is not the locker room. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's not you know what I'm saying? But if you say so what you know. It's all off of word of mouth. So if you had five people and all five are saying one thing, it's 53 people on the team. So because your little sect of five people hate the dude, you're telling me the entire team do too? Like how can we haven't heard 40-something teammates pop up and be like, I hate him? 
But that's why I said I said the Hall of Fame players should vote for Hall of Fame players. They know. Mm-hmm. They did like, yeah, he definitely. Yeah, come on, man. Like it, this it's is disrespectful. this is laughable. Yeah. And, and I and I and I, I you know what I mean I keep it one hundred, man. I, I hate to say if he was uh maybe a different skin tone, it would wow. be no issue. And I and people At don't all. like to go there, but let's go there. But I mean, but again, we wouldn't be going there if we weren't here. We're looking at somebody with dumb credentials. Not like I barely made it to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we knew he was Hall of Fame bound before he got to Philly. Mm-hmm. Like, them numbers were that crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that crazy. It's, it's, it's dumb. If they're going to probably turn around and do the same thing to Chad Johnson, who put up dumb numbers. Mm-hmm. All because you don't like somebody. With your paper and your pen, you don't like somebody. That's you. They probably don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> which, again, probably something that bothers you. Because people are real fickle. In the media, yeah, like it's, it's just call it what it is. People are really fickle, and their egos is just disgusting. It's crazy because it's like the pot calling the kettle black. You sitting there talking about his ego, but you in a room telling somebody with those numbers, they don't qualify for all fame. Or my favorite one is he deserves the weight. Huh? <laughs> Excuse me. You telling somebody who did that, which you've never done ever, that it deserved the weight? That's crazy. Oh, I mean, I mean, he pretty much summed it up. I mean, right. it's, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, that, long overdue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry. It, um, it, it's it's completely laughable. Like, and when I saw the report, I just was like, here we go again. And this is just, and like the fact that he didn't even like he didn't even make the top ten. Yeah, that was it's not that he didn't make the top five. Like he didn't even make the top ten. Disrespecting people who got in, he's better than all of them. No, I ain't gonna say that. I mean, okay, maybe except like maybe two. Yeah. I ain't gonna say that. But like Terrell Davis got in over him. Yeah, he deserves to. No, no. <laughs> His numbers. He got hurt. But, okay, but I'm just saying, like. He got bowls. Like, let's get this straight. No, I, I, okay, he got bowls. But you feel like he should have got in. Coming for the bongos, though. Here you go. No, but I'm just saying. Like, don't, so, don't pull up his name. No, no, call no, up some of them other dudes. But I'm just saying, he got okay, not Terrell Davis, but there's other people in there that don't have what T.O.'s coming with, and they're in there. I know that, but, you know, I mean. And the only reason wrong. I brought up Terrell was literally just from the numbers standpoint. Yeah. But his numbers, when goals. he played, it was on point. No, but no, no, it's no, just I, his, his career ain't last long. But the damage, it's about, it's like Gail Sayers. No, I'm not coming the, from that. I'm, I'm just simply saying from the fact where we got somebody who's at the upper echelon of numbers. Yeah. For whatever reason. I'm not talking about injuries. I know TD got hurt. I'm just saying, period. Like, if you can make the case for Terrell, which he deserves to be in it, it's not that he doesn't, but you got somebody whose numbers are there. It's crazy. Hey, man, you know what I mean? Like Let's just start a petition. Let's just start a petition. Get a million signatures. But it's, it's a reflection of what's going on in the country. It's some, these good old yeah. boys need to get out of there. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I like, said it. You know, they need to get out of there. But a um, couple more questions, then you know we can go. Uh, where am I going to go with? Wizards and Cavs. After the game last night, can y'all see them in the Eastern Conference Finals? Oh, me, me personally, no. I mean, I, like I said, when I did cover the Wizards for a while, for some reason the Wizards always played LeBron. They always played LeBron very well. The games are always very good. And um, But as far as, like, an Eastern Conference, I, it, it's a big step. I just don't see the Wizards. I mean, they're playing They're playing arguably some of the best basketball right now. But I don't know. It's just from my from my say, it's just, no, nah, I, just, I just look at it as just another one where they played the LeBron very well. You sure? Personally, yeah. Me personally, yeah. Who else on the East is doing something that they should worry about. 
I'm never sold on the Blessings, to be I honest say, with you. I ain't say, like, <laughs> but you sold on everybody else in the East? No, not at all. That's but, my I mean, But like I said, for me, just watching the Wizards year in and year out, they always play LeBron well, it especially about, at home. It ain't about hell. Because you can come in, like, 500 and play LeBron tough with OB, but you know what I'm saying? Right. It ain't about him. What they've been doing leading up to that. Yeah, I said look, that's what I'm saying. I, I agree. They're arguably the, the hottest team in the league right now. But as far as like going to the next level, and then you're talking about Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, if DeRozan comes back and gets to the level where he was playing at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. I don't see the Wizards knocking off the Raptors. But you, know, you say you covered them for multiple years. Then Warren Bill knocked. Yeah, the Raptors was a couple yeah, years ago. A couple years ago, but come on. DeRozan is definitely taking it to another level. They have to we have, it to another we level. have to we have to see is Bill going to be even healthy after All Star break? Because oh. you know that that you bug. Can say that about Kyle Lowry and DeRozan too. I mean, Bradley Bill is more. I'm is, just <laughs> the odds of him getting hurt compared to them is highly likely on him. Um, I think it's a toss up. Um, I just think sometimes my biggest thing with the the Wizards is consistency. Now, right now, they're very consistent. They're Like you said, they're on a hot streak, um, you know, even though they lost last night and it, it ended their, what, 17-game home yeah. streak or something like that. Um, I don't even feel like – and I actually feel like that might be a good thing for them, you know, um, the whole pressure of keeping this streak alive and all that other stuff. You know, I don't feel like they need that extra pressure. Um, but I do think it's a toss-up. I mean, I can see it possibly but I just they just have to to me stay consistent throughout the whole season because you know they started off really rocky you know what I mean like it wasn't like it was something slight they started off really rocky so um but you know Scott Brooks is doing an amazing job you know he's a, a great coach and I think he's actually honing them all in together so I think it's actually you know it's possible um yeah I felt strongly before the year, and I'm not going to change how I feel. Yeah, okay. Last night was it's only surprising people who didn't pay attention yeah. all year long. Um, no disrespect to the to, to the Raptors, but you talk about the Clippers season people, they've been doing the same thing that's for true. three or four years, <laughs> getting to the same place. So that's another team where I like DeRozan, I like Kyle, but until they like eventually change something and you know they actually get to where this place everyone puts them to, I'm gonna feel the same way. And so and um, even at the beginning of the season with that slide, or we're not, we're always coming off off season knee surgery, and he, he even admitted I need to get in shape. Once he got it going. It's been a curtain, so you know we'll see. Last one: Does Baylor deserve the death penalty? <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't, it's like a delay with these the powers that be down there. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> we know why, but you know, yeah, they yeah. should have been at it. Yeah, yeah. We talk about 52 alleged rapes. Come on, 52 man. of them. Numbers gone up. 52. <laughs> like we're at like lawsuit number six. Bro. Really? Yikes. We, we, we need to think about this. That's my point. If it was like Howard or Bowie State, shut <laughs> out of there. Damn, yes. Like SMU technically did less. Basically, uh, I'm talking about like just from a morali- from a morality standpoint. SMU did less. These are people out here ruining young people's lives. Young ladies' lives. Like, yeah, you know, but hey, I yeah, agree. Uh, yeah, death penalty. Right. Yeah, they talked about it earlier. They had the death penalty. <laughs> All right, but here, we want to we want to thank y'all for tuning in, man. We're gonna we're gonna ride out with Petty Eddie. Um, definitely, definitely tune in next week. Same time, same place. To the focus, as always, get over to find us, man. Follow that up by hopping over to mymountainsports.com, and then follow us on every me- social media medium. The focus, and then the focus TV.
Or you can do it real easy. You can just go to Finest Mag and click the focus. <laughs> focus. Um, we make it easy for y'all, man. Easy button. Petty Eddie coming pre-recorded again. Doesn't take away the pettiness. This this segment is all about the Super Bowl, which was just played, won by the Patriots, lost by the Falcons. First off, if you think that the NFL or any professional sports league is rigged, think again. That sounds so dumb. Yeah, you can have your opinion, and that's fine. You can that's fine and all, but it's the wrong opinion. That's what I'm telling you right now. It's the wrong opinion. In order for something like the NFL to be rigged, or the MLB, or the NBA, or the NHL to be rigged, there would have to be countless amount of variables that go into play. So you're telling me that these men who fight their whole lives to get to the NFL to play on the biggest stage, which is the Super Bowl, are just going to, okay, yeah, we're going to follow a script, and okay, you, we're going to not tackle you here, and we're just going to drop the pass here. No, absolutely not. If this was not the Patriots, no one would think this is rigged. By any means would they think this is rigged. But because the Patriots, and they're dubbed as cheaters, which they aren't cheaters, that, that's just the, the case in point, they are not cheaters. Tom Brady isn't a cheater, Bill Belichick isn't a cheater. There is a winning franchise. They are the model of consistency in the NFL. Not for one second would I ever believe, oh, oh, it's rigged because they just want the golden boy to win. Oh, really? Is that why the golden boy got suspended for four games and there was an ongoing witch hunt over the stupid deflate gate? Give me a break. Come on, man. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. All these factors would have to go involved for something like this to be rigged. And if, if it was rigged and all these players and personnel knew about it, not one person is coming out and saying something about it. Yeah, that's the argument right there that puts the rigged nonsense out of contention. As for Tom Brady and the Patriots, Tom Brady is now, in my opinion, the greatest to ever play the game. He's the greatest quarterback. He's the greatest player to ever play the game. And that's just the fact of the matter. You don't become one of the greatest overnight. He was drafted 199th overall, and he has set a trail of fire in his path. How fitting was it for Roger Goodell to hand him and Belichick and Robert Kraft the title or the trophy after all that deflategate nonsense? He's the greatest player of all time, and it's not for debate. Atlanta Falcons, huh, terrible night you had in the second half. Blew a 28-3 lead and go on to lose 34-28. to That just adds to Atlanta postseason misery. It just, it's just common. The, the game seemed wrapped away, and then the greatest of all time was like, nope, not yet. Here, James White, take these 14 catches and get us 20 points. And that's the matter of it. Atlanta seems to always choke in the postseason. It's the city of chokers. But again, one more time. If you think that the NFL or any other professional sports organization is rigged, you need a reality check and just realize that it's not. If that was your favorite team and they came back from 25-point deficit and win the Super Bowl, then you'd be all hype. Saying, oh, we're the best team now. We came back, overcame all the odds. Why can't it be for the Patriots? If you think sports are rigged, they're not. 
And two, if you think that, don't watch. Simple as that. That's the end of the pettiness for this week. I like to thank our guests. I like to thank everyone who watches and listens every week. Uh, you can do that same time, same place next week. Be sure to follow us all over social media. Finance Magazine, My Mind on Sports, The Focus TV, Petty underscore Eddie 15 on Twitter, King Edward 15 on Twitter is my personal one. So same time, same place next week. Petty out.